Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ben Kirchival covers college football for CBSSports.com, and he joins me on the program right now. Ben, it's great to have you on the show. I... How big a curveball was the Big Ten doing this this week? I had heard that some of the other powers that be in the other conferences were not very happy with the fact that the Big Ten kind of jumped out and threw the first salvo in this whole thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a curveball in the sense that I, I think a lot of commissioners who, remember, they're representing the, the presidents and chancellors of their universities. So you're talking about, you know, 65, you know, presidents and chancellors of these, these Power Five conferences. And a lot of them are in a wait-and-see mode. So we're getting towards uh, the NCAA's preseason calendar that they approved uh, pretty recently, getting towards the end of July into August when training camp starts. And I, I think a lot of people wanted to wait and see how the number of cases looked, you know, the number of, of positives that you would have uh, within your state, what were your state guidelines, those types of things. And then all of a sudden the Big Ten says, we're getting rid of non-conference games. This is what we feel is our best-case scenario for the possibility of football this season. And so I, I think blindsided, caught off guard. I mean, those are all pretty accurate adjectives for this. But, you know, with the Pac-12 on Friday, and I, I think when you start getting later in the month, you're going to see SEC, ACC, Big 12, probably in, in some form or fashion, follow suit here, fall in line. Uh, a lot of this was probably inevitable. I, I just think where the frustration comes from is the fact that there's, there's no central figure ahead. There's no cross-communication here. Everyone's kind of in doing it for themselves, trying you know, some sort of self-preservation here. Uh, I, I think that's where th- this frustration, this caught-off guard really comes from. So where does the rubber meet the road then in terms of ultimately some sort of combined decision-making kind of coalesce? Is it FBS? Is it at the Power 5 level? Do you see conferences just say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and play our schedule and screw the rest of these other conferences? What, how, do you think, how do you think that winds up playing out? Like, ultimately, do, do, who, who gets on the same page with one another? Yeah, it'll be at the conference level and the, because that's what you can control. And there's not a lot that you can control, really. Uh, in the middle of this pandemic. But what you can control at a conference level is the fact that you have 10, 12, maybe 14 members at the table. So you can, you have a little bit more wiggle room in your schedule. If you have to move around some games, you have a little bit more control as far as creating a policy for testing and tracing your players and your staff members uh, at each of your in- member institutions. And then if at, at, at some point, if you say, okay, look, you know, we, we feel like we have our conference um, on sort of the right path in terms of playing football. And regionally speaking, you know, we want to be able to have something with another power conference where we can, you know, each have one additional game. Then, you know, you might see something like that. But I, right now, everyone's just trying to take care of their own house. Again, this is what happens when you don't have a central figurehead. And look, in college football, 
it's 130 FBS teams plus all of your other Division One teams, your Division Two teams, Division Three, as opposed to the NFL where you have 32 teams. It's a lot more simpler in that instance to kind of have a unified front in college football. It's a lot more difficult to do that. So I think at a conference level, you're really going to see these teams try to kind of sort of look out for themselves, do what they can do, mitigate this as much as they can. Do you think we could see a scenario where some Power Five conferences play and others don't? I don't. Well, I okay. Anything's possible at this point. Sure. I'm not, sure. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. There's a, a, a <laughs> yeah. Zero good. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a non-zero possibility of pretty much anything at this <laughs> right. point. But but I I let me put it this way. I think I would be probably more on. I would lean on the side of I think conferences. Will, will play, and you might have maybe some member institutions who don't maybe play all of the same games. Because what, what you're really talking about at this point is, is eight, probably more like nine games. Yep. There might be something where one institution, because of positive outbreaks, things like that, where you know, maybe they don't play all eight or nine of those games, you might, ha- you know, you might have something like that. Um, these are things that Bob Bowlesby, the commissioner of the Big 12, really talked about. Uh, on CBS Sports HQ just a month or so ago, where you're talking about disruptions that you have. Um, a lot of this varies on hot spots from state to state, uh, things like that. So I, I don't know that I would necessarily expect entire conferences not to play football, but I, I definitely see disruptions and inconsistencies within those conferences, absolutely. Ben Kirchival, CBSSports.com, joining me on CBS Sports Radio, talking some college football. We sit here and we've used the word conference a bunch of times in the last few minutes. One team that fits into the Power Five structure that does not have a conference that they're in, although they've got a partnership with the ACC, is Notre Dame. Is it just as simple as Notre Dame for a year playing an ACC schedule as the solution, given the fact that two of their games are gonzo now with with uh, USC and Stanford, and they were supposed to play Wisconsin up at Lambeau, and I would imagine there'll be more cancellations that hit their schedule. What's the solution for the Fighting Irish? Yeah, there's no real easy answer. The good news for Notre Dame is that it's Notre Dame. You know, if you're going to make exceptions for any one individual school, the Irish pretty much fit that bill. So, you know, one of the things, and this is part of the reason why I think you've seen the ACC, they've been through tepid in terms of announcing what they plan to do, uh, you know, we, we know that they will have a solution by the end of the month. They have a few more weeks to try to figure out. Is One of the ideas is you may not necessarily just have a, a normal conference schedule. What you might say is, okay, we're, we're going to break this down, and, you know, one team is going to play, you know, five or six teams, and then team, another team is going to play another five or six teams. And you try to figure out a different rotation for the schedule because – you have to try to fit Notre Dame into this because they aren't really your typical conference members. So I think there are some options still on the table. Uh, they're going to try to find a way to make this fit in with them. Uh, not having a season for Notre Dame is – no one really wants to have that happen. I mean, no one's going to try to leave anyone behind on that front. So I, I think the ACC is going to really be spending the next two, three weeks trying to figure out how to make all of the pieces of that puzzle really work. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uniform. It's not going to make sense in a lot of fronts, but I think they're going to try to make that work for them. Yeah, I mean, all these athletic departments, Ben, are going to be hurting financially. If there's one thing that Notre Dame brings to the table, 
It's money. You know, yeah. it's a few extra televised games. If it's one on the ACC network and there's a couple on, that are part of the ACC package for ESPN, that's, that's good news for all those athletic departments. It, it is. And the one thing you will not probably get this year, though, is the attendance boost. I mean, if you're not going right. to be playing football in front of fans or at least having a limited number of fans in your games, that's where you really won't be seeing that. But uh, as at least a partial member I think the ACC is absolutely going to try to do whatever it can to, to make sure that, that Notre Dame at least has as much of a full schedule as it can possibly have in this situation. Ben Kirchival, CBSSports.com, joining me, talking some college football. Ben, it's interesting seeing some of the numbers come out of these schools with respect to the, the positives of the tests. You know, we saw Clemson, just a, a few dozen players testing positive. LSU, same thing. Uh, where I'm at, where I live in Texas, UT had a, a higher than normal number of positive tests within football and the athletic department. And then we see some other schools, Michigan State, almost a, I, I think almost a, a, a clean sheet. Notre Dame, same thing. Some, uh, you know, some schools, a nearly clean sheet with, with guys, very few positive tests, if any. Mm-hmm. Do you know if that's, were, were, have certain schools been educating their players certain ways through all this on what to do, or is it just is it just the, these these schools that are testing very little or are getting very few positives? They just happen to have kids that are adhering to the guidelines a little bit more. Uh, well, I mean, they're all the numbers that they're testing. I mean, they should be testing pretty much everyone in their athletic department. So I don't yeah. think it's necessarily a number of of you know tests that you're administering. I mean, every whether when. Students were arriving back on campus. You had a lot of inconsistency. Some schools were just t- testing players who were symptomatic, and then obviously we know that there are asymptomatic carriers of COVID-19. So uh, I-, I think the amount of tests is, is I don't want to say totally uniform across the board, but I-, I certainly wouldn't think that they are you know, just willingly not testing a certain number of their players and staff members. So I, I think testing is not necessarily the issue. Um, it-, it really might just be... Are, you know, are you in a hot spot? Are you not in a hot spot? Are, are your players, um, you know, overall just better adapted to, you know, doing the things that they need to do from a guideline standpoint, wearing a mask, uh, keeping physical distancing, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, that's, you're just good. With COVID-19 in general, you're getting a lot of inconsistencies across the board uh, as far as our country is concerned. I think a lot of that is reflected uh, in the testing that you're seeing within these athletic departments. Um, that's what makes this so incredibly difficult is, is, you know, there's no prejudice with this virus uh, from state to state. It's not like there's anything uniform about this. Uh, some places are just handling it better than others. Some places just have lower numbers than others. Um, and there are myriad reasons and X factors for that. Um, so for, you know, athletic departments, it's, it's just you just have to do the best that you can to try to control the situation. Um, the one thing I will say about being, you know, in athletics is, you're able to control for a large amount of the day where these players are, who they're interacting with. There is a level of control associated with that, but you know you can't control them for 24 hours a day. So whereas Michigan or Michigan State, which by the way was interesting because Michigan for a while was a real hotspot for COVID very early mm-hmm. on in this, and so you know moving forward, you might have Michigan and Michigan State players, you know, low number of, of positive cases. That might change as you move forward with this. So it's a very fluid situation. Ben Kirchwell, CBSSports.com, covers college football. Last one before I let you go, Ben. My producer told me that you are a big fan of the show You on Netflix. Yeah. Um, 
Do we know when we're getting? Is it season three that we're up to now? I love that show. It's uh, yeah. Do we know yeah, when that's dropping? No, I think okay. they, I think they were starting to film it, and then obviously, or maybe they were in pre-production or something. Yeah, and then it all, you know it all got sidelined because of COVID. But yeah, we're up to season three, so I'll be fascinated to see who to see who Joe totally stalks this time and absolutely <laughs> ruins everybody's life when he does that. Yeah, it's. It's a great soccer show, 100%. Do not root for this guy, but it's, it's amazing. No, I don't root for him at all, but oh, it's so disturbing. It, it seemed like I was watching it with my wife and the first season, and she didn't really tell me like what kind of show it was. And yeah. I was just sort of watching while she, you know, she was watching it. I happened to be like working on my show in the same room and sort of watching it out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, oh, this looks like some sort of you know, love story kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the first curveball hits in that first season. I'm like, oh, my God, this show is messed up. Yeah. Yeah, a love story is one way to put it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you could describe describe it as a love story, but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely not. uh, It is a great show for just the absolute, most just toxic masculinity, just men feeling like they're owed something. It's... uh, it's great. It's I, I really veg out like during the off season for football, I veg out on just the absolute just worst just television and it's <laughs> it's been fantastic. Yeah. Yes, yes. Junk food for the eyes. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Ben Kirchival, CBSSports.com, covers college football, does a great job over on CBSSports.com. Ben, really appreciate the time. Hopefully next time you and I are talking, it'll be about actual games coming up and things like that as opposed to the coronavirus. All right, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, take care. Ben all joining me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.